What is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, so that means another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built-In Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. Guys, the comment sections are open. As always, you guys can drop a like, drop a comment, drop a question, and we'll be answering it throughout the night all the way to 9 o'clock. But guys, make sure you guys... Follow me on Twitter at DBSCPeter. On Twitter, I will follow you guys back. But make sure you guys follow everything Built in Buffalo content on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And guys, before I bring on my guest, what a win by the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. It's almost It's been about a week. 31-10 to 10 over the LA Rams. So we're going to be breaking that down first half of the show. And then the second half of the show, we're going to get to the Titans game and preview guys that game for Monday night. But we cannot do that without our guests. So we're bringing on Z-Bot from Buffalo Phonetics. How are you doing tonight, my man? Pete, what is up, brother? Always a pleasure to be on, especially after last week. As you said, I can't believe it's it's already been a week. It's insane. It's, it's it, been, it feels like a little while. Yeah, I Always. know you commented on – I know you got school going on, so I'm sure that's dragging. But oh, yeah. that's how I felt, man. I mean, that win was amazing. Rode it – you know, rode high right into the weekend with it. Then you got that full slate of football, you know, Sunday going into Monday. And now here we are Wednesday. Tomorrow will be a full week and we still have to wait to the furthest Monday, possible yeah. spot to see him again. So I am it's, just like it's jonesing for some football right now from our bills. But hey, at the very least, they left us. They oh, left off with a banger. Yeah, they left off with a banger to sit on for a bit. At least we're not sitting for a week with a loss. Which exactly. Would, that's been painful. But before we get into the content tonight, where can everyone find your show, your Twitter account, all that fun stuff you do? Yeah, so Twitter is right below. Uh, I always I always mess that up. Twitter is right below me here at Zach B22 <laughs> over on Twitter, where I'm far more active than I probably should be. And then my show is every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, over on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Also on all the podcast platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Ooh. Twitch, you name it, we're on there. So, <laughs> And like Pete was saying with um, – the awesome stuff going on at Built in Buffalo, us over the Fanatics, same deal. Follow us on all of our content. And if you're not watching me, uh, we have a show every night of the week, whether it's me, Rico, my man Rev. We're always doing something, especially now. I mean, not not just because the season's here, but because we're just dying to get behind a mic and talk about it. Because oh, that's a lot of stuff, yeah, you know, worthy of talking about. So you can never get enough, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree, guys. So everything, buddy, follow Buffalo Fanatics as well as Built in Buffalo. And a quick shout-out to our sponsor for tonight's epi- episode or episode epi- for show, Picasso's. For the best pizza in Buffalo, it got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night, so check out Picasso's in Buffalo. And as always, this is in podcast form tomorrow morning, so if you miss this, you don't have to listen to your um, on your drive to work. You don't have to listen to a talk show. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so guys make sure you guys check that out izzy how we doing tonight my man izzy sunday's red zone report usually if it's a one o'clock game we'll be after the game but this week just a normal sunday red zone report in the evening so izzy check him out on buffalo alicia we love the bills as well and what's up hayes i appreciate you guys appreciate you coming in guys comment section is open any comments any questions you guys got for us we'll be answering them but we are going to start with the opener against the LA Rams last Thursday. So what was your, what was a good from the opener? I know there was a ton of good, but what, what, one thing that uh, really stood out to you? 
Man, that's a tough one. I think out of everything, like you said, I mean, you really could sit here and if we had all night, we could definitely utilize it. But I think that uh, the one thing that stood out above the rest was the fact that the Bills were able to get to Matt Stafford and sack him seven times without a single blitz. This is an area of this team that we have been dying for, and we had thought with the addition of Von Miller that it was finally going to be here. We had just been waiting to see it. And then, of course, throughout the offseason, not only does Von Miller himself bring that presence to the line, but it had just seemed like what he was bringing to the table was beyond what he was going to do solely on the field. It was going to be what he brought to everybody else on the team and we saw that on full display last Thursday seven sacks 15 quarterback hits without a single blitz absolutely remarkable I mean we knew how good this team was going to be coming in and we knew how good they were last year but everybody who watches this team closely had felt if we just had a dominant pass rush there wouldn't be a team out there that would be able to stack up with us and I think right now you'd be hard-pressed to find a better and deeper pass rush right now in the league than the Buffalo Bills. And they truly showcased what they had on Thursday night. I mean, Matt Stafford, he wasn't able to settle in at all. Three interceptions on top of those seven sacks. And of course, 10, 10 at half. It wasn't ideal because it felt like the Bills should have been up a hundred, but they took care of business in the second half, zero points in that second half. And the crazy thing about this Pete, and I had felt this in the off season And it's even more so now you'd have a really tough time arguing which side of the ball is better, which unit, the offense or the defense. But Thursday night, the defense really showed you why that argument could be had. And it wasn't like when you talk about the pass rush, it seemed easy. Like it seemed like it was just consistent. Even if they weren't getting sacks, they were causing mayhem behind there. Like if you watch, go back and watch some of the film with Von Miller, like one possession, he got or one snap, he got stopped. And then he just went to his arsenal. And one time his arsenal was just bull rushing the guy. Then he does his moves that he has up his up his sleeve. So yeah, Von Miller is something we haven't seen. It, it was so nice, to, and I think Gregory Russo, Basham, Epinesa—they all played great. Absolutely, Jordan but, Phillips, incredible day. I mean, oh, that's yes, the thing, Pete. Like, that's the crazy thing. You really like Ed Oliver, right? He goes down, and you're like, Shit. did you even know? I mean, honestly, in the second half, when Ed no, Oliver, no idea. It, it's crazy, right? And that's, and that's why it's the Bills probably didn't put him back. Like, if the Bills really needed right. Ed Oliver, like they could have. Look, obviously he missed practice today, and we could talk about that later. But he could, he they probably could have put him back in, and he would have been a little hobbled. They like desperately needed him, but not with Tim Saddle, Daquan Jones, and Jordan Phillips, and just a pass rush you had him. And obviously, it got to a point where the game was over uh, halfway, a little into the fourth quarter, about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Bills make it thirty-one ten, and it's over. But the pass rush seemed so easy, and it also was fun. Like it, this is not like a complex term. It was fun to watch Von Miller go to work because we haven't seen an elite pass rusher. We've seen guys have good seasons, like Jerry Hughes. He had a sure. couple years ago, a very good season. But we haven't seen a guy that's just going to be an elite pass rusher consistently. He might not, he's not going to have two and a half sacks every game. Like That's insane. He's not going to do that. But it, it was just a chaos he caused behind the line of scrimmage him actually getting to the quarterback eventually two and a half sacks three tackles for loss but it was fun to watch it was fun to see a guy like go to work when was the last time we think we've had a guy i was thinking mario williams that maybe. Was probably, like, i mean that was what mario williams was supposed to be right i mean like that's maybe like for. once in a while like he was not consistent as much as i think von miller will be but maybe mario williams i nothing else really like pops to my mind unless you're going back 10 15 years 
Well, the crazy thing is, even if you do, right, let's take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example. The Bills are currently tied right now for most sacks in the league with Pittsburgh, seven apiece. The crazy thing is, though, you look at that Pittsburgh game just the other day against the Cincinnati Bengals. They won that game solely due to the fact that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals had no answer for that defense. They had four interceptions. Yeah. A, a fumble forced on Joe Burrow, and then those seven sacks. The Steelers' offense is anemic. It's anemic. It's anemic horrible. to say the least. I mean, they they're not within a hundred foot pole what the Bills are. But no. think about it like this: that defense alone beat the AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. The Bills are that defense with a world class, yes. yes, top one offense. 100%. That just goes to show you how good the Bills are this season. It also shows that the Bengals decide not to invest in more offensive linemen, which is well and supposedly they did that right. was the wild thing to me pete i couldn't believe how yeah, you would, it looked they have the weapons they have the running back they have the quarterback they have jamar chase t higgins tower boyd are awesome yeah. the, you those three guys you can compare to any three guys in the nfl and then sure. joe mixon's a top 10 running back like those guys are top 10 top 12 whatever you want to rank them they couldn't do anything and the steelers offense is horrible like you have and you have weapons on that team it's not like yeah. the Steelers don't have any weapons no shot at Mitch Trubisky it's just a slow not moving even, offense yeah. and they, they can't even run the ball like that offensive line is also horrible as well it's just a Bengals don't have like an elite pass rusher that really did enough but I agree yeah the Bills have a sick defense with a sick offense you're putting two and two together I don't like the Chiefs don't have that like no. the Chiefs have, have as good as an offense or maybe even better than the Bills they're the same level as the Bills offensively but Secondary-wise, pass rush-wise, the Bills are better than the Chiefs defensively. They are better than the Rams defensively this past week. And John's right. The D-line disrupting the timing. Yeah, it wasn't even just getting sacks. It was just throwing off Matthew Stafford's timing, making him uncomfortable, and helps your secondary that's missing Trey White. Like, it helps your secondary. It just it helped everyone. And it they were they stopped the run. The Bills D line set the tone for the game. If the Bills D line can look, they're not gonna have seven sacks every game. Like that's that's unheard of. But if the Bills defensive line can set a tone, even in just in the run game or the uh pass rush, you set a tone, you be physical, it makes the secondary, which is usually the strength of the defense, which it was, it was a very good secondary and still should be, even better. It makes Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano even better. It's just having a pass rush was just so exciting and it opened up other people's options. Like Joseph's right. I think Von Miller woke up our defense. I don't think it woke up our defense. I think it woke up in the sense it opened up the rest of our defense. It opened up the middle for Jordan Phillips and eventually Ed Oliver and Tim Settle, all those guys. But it also had Gregory Rousseau who had a sack. He had, we have one sack. Jordan Phillips had a sack and a half. You also had Basham with a sack and an awesome INT. And Panetta had a sack and a half in the tackle for loss. Yep. It, it wasn't just Von Miller. No, not even close. Te- but because teams have to focus on Von Miller 24-7, you have talented, unproven talented guys on the other side that are hungry to make themselves a name in the league. And you give those guys a chance and you rotate guys and guys are fresh. Von Miller didn't even play in the fourth quarter, really. Like, what are they taking about nine minutes left? You had a, like you didn't play the full game. And the just, I mean the, 
the whole the whole thing from top to bottom, starting with the defensive line. But the crazy thing, like you had alluded to earlier, is is you're doing all this without Tre'Davious White. You know, Shaq Lawson was a healthy scratch. This defense is so loaded. I mean, imagine what that defense will be when Tre'Davious yes. White returns to the mix, on top of having Poyer and Hyde in the back, and you know, mm-hmm. Poyer gets an interception like we're used to. It's just remarkable, top to bottom. The depth on the D line to me is the most extraordinary aspect of all of it you can mm-hmm. rotate these guys in at will they're all fresh throughout the game like you said I mean Von Miller can take a, a quarter off if he wants to the games in hand Ed Oliver gets shaken up you barely recognize it and that depth alone is able to sort of mask the fact that they are pretty depleted right now at the cornerback position you have a sixth round pick in Christian Benford starting at that position and you don't even quite you would never really know. And and that's a whole other topic in itself. But the fact that you have a sixth rounder out there, a rookie, no less. And, you know, the only real threat you had all game was dink and duck to Cooper cup. And I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? It's kind of like the reason it was working. I mean, you're not going to shut down Cooper cup, but at the same time, if, if Cooper Cup can have the day that he had, which statistically was a phenomenal day and only yeah. result in 10 points, you're going to let him go up and down the field like that all you want. It doesn't matter. They couldn't get in the end zone. I agree. And Louie's coming in. Hello from Stuart Florida. Go Bills. What's your take on Buffalo stopping Henry Monday night? We'll get that get to that in the second half because that's obviously a crucial part of the Bills getting a win Monday night. So we'll get to that in the second half. No worries if you want to stick around. Epic B, Dr. Z and Zbot. What's up, fellas? 19 more games to go for our 20-0 season. Jump on that wagon now, folks. Uh, Doctor, not Doctor Z. Um, Z, not. Oh, I'm all over the place. Epic B. Too many nicknames. Too many. I hear you there, man. Oh my God, Epic B. Uh, Brian. Mondays and Thursdays breaking tables at 8 p.m. Guys, the nicknames are just too much. No, I'm joking. Uh, Dominique's coming in. What's good, Bills Mafia? Hell of a week one. That was an awesome week one. I agree. Is he's right? Mario had a 13 sack season, but that's probably it. It was a one season from Mario Williams and. I think Von Miller, I don't know if Von Miller gets 13 sacks. Like that's a lot. He's well on his way if he wants he's, to, that's for sure. Plus the addition came. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, another like quickly another good thing from the opener was just how good Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis were against Jalen Ramsey. It was fascinating. Diggs, eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. Um, Davis, four catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. I think Davis needs to be targeted more. Only five targets. I need I need Gabe Davis to get the ball more. I don't need and this is no shot at Zach Moss to have more targets than Gabe Davis. Like that that can't be a thing. Um and we can talk about that with the bad from the opener in a second about how the running back usage was was a little interesting. But one like you're right, the defensive line was probably the biggest thing. Josh Allen was great um in the second half mostly, but Diggs and Davis just seemed like it was clockwork going against Jalen Ramsey, which is yeah, you didn't I didn't expect that. I got to tell you, I actually did. I actually expected more out of Davis than I did Diggs because I thought just based on how Diggs has played against Ramsey, Ramsey's had a decent – he's done a decent job of being able to kind of eliminate Diggs from the stat book as far as shadowing him all game, and that's where I thought that we were going to see a lot more – Davis, but the balls on on Ken Dorsey did just go right at, right at Jalen yeah. Ramsey to the point where I mean they were throwing one on one sideline balls like you saw the one where it was just right in yeah. the bread basket. Diggs turns around on the sideline, catches it. I mean they were going at him all game long. The tandem in which is Davis and Diggs, I I had felt going into this season was going to be 
one of the best in the league. I just thought based on what we had saw out of Davis towards the end of the year, what we know from Diggs already, it just seemed like it was going to emerge this season. And I think we're seeing it on full display. And I think that you, you couple that with the fact that they were able to do what they did without Dawson Knox being mentioned almost at all, Khalil Shakir being a healthy scratch. It's kind of similar to the defense and the fact that you have all these other elements that weren't even utilized because you have so much star power. If there's one guy I wanted to see get more involved, it was Dawson Knox, just because I think that he has emerged himself into a cornerstone of this offense, and you didn't hear his name once the other night. But like I said earlier, with allowing Cooper Cup to have a massive stat line, I don't care what anybody's stats are on this team. If they're going to run away the way they did there, and you know, it doesn't matter who gets involved, who gets in the end zone to me, um, get it done any way you can. And I think we're going to see different elements of different guys each and every week because as you mentioned earlier you can't get used to a seven sack outing every no. week you also can't get used to Diggs having a day like he did uh on sunday every single week as well but then with that maybe Knox fills in there maybe davis goes off a bit more than he already did because like you said i mean it's only four catches a lot of it comes on that deep ball for a touchdown and then another massive bomb down the field. But that's what I like the most about Gabe Davis. He's really becoming the over the top threat on this team Big that threat, yeah. seemed to be missing. Yeah. I mean, Diggs can do it all, but Davis really has become that dominant mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. That's, that's his role. He's not a good, he's not, I obviously have one of one more targets, but he's not going to be have a guy that has eight, nine catches in the game. Yeah. He's going to four for 75, four for 80, which is what he was, but you'll take uh, that all day. Yeah. Appreciate you, Dominic. Um, Nine ninety nine. I appreciate the super chat, my man. Uh, I know you came in a couple weeks ago and dropped a couple a couple dollars. I appreciate it, my man. That that means a lot for built in Buffalo. But any six rounder that starts opening night is about that life. Yeah, Christian Benford. He's about that life. And look, he started fifty. He played fifty six percent of the snaps. Um, Elon played forty four percent of the snaps. They basically split time in the corner, which uh, back position. Which unless somebody like takes a huge leap over each other, that's probably going to be the what they're going to do, which is not a bad thing. You keep your second corner fresh. Not a lot of teams can do that. So I think that's a a, quality, a good thing for the Bills to have. And we'll talk about Christian Benford and Kyrie Lam in a second after we talk about the bad from the opener. But I appreciate you, Dominic. Uh, appreciate you coming with the Super Chat. It means a lot. I know Built in Buffalo loves it. So appreciate it, my man. Um, the bad from the opener. And oh, before I get to the bad, I thought Jameson Crowder had a solid night. Three catches, oh, yeah. for 28 yards. But I thought the three catches for 28 yards were efficient 28 yards, three catches. They were first. I don't know if all three of them were for first downs, but I know, I remember at least. Two it felt like it. Were, I mean, yeah, that's exactly, like exactly what I had yeah. said all in the post game report about that game is exactly what I said. Efficiency was the at the top of the list for me when it came to talking about Jamison Crowder. And, you know, we didn't really see him at all in the preseason. We saw Khalil Shakir emerge. And then you're wondering, you know, Nothing was out of the realm of possibilities. After they cut OJ Howard, there was yeah. rumors they maybe would move on from, you know, Jamison Crowder, or maybe not cut him, but perhaps move him down the depth chart if make him inactive. Move up. Yeah, exactly. So um to see him get involved the way he did is exactly what I want to see out of a guy like him. Because at his age, his role on this team currently being his first year here, you're not expecting him to blow the offense up. No. What you're expecting is exactly what you got. When you when you can't get it to Diggs, Davis, Knox, the list goes on. There's Crowder. And every catch was more or less the same. It was right in the middle. And like you said, almost every one, if not all, were for first downs, efficient, move the chains. You can't beat it. And a guy like Crowder is going to be perfect for that. That's why they brought him in to help supplement the loss of Cole Beasley. And 
exactly what he did. Cole Beasley's yeah. role was pretty much that to a T. So that's the beauty of it. I mean, good luck covering both Davis and Diggs while also having to concern yourself with the tight end last year who led the league in touchdowns. And now Jamison Crowder, who throughout his career has been one of the more solid slot it's receivers it's, in the whole yeah. league. No, it's, it's impossible. It is impossible. And that's props to the Bills for bringing in talent, props to the Bills for using their talent. But, no, I completely agree. I think Jameson Crowder had a very underrated and solid Agreed. Um, opener. I'm, I'm going to start with the bad from the opener. My opinion, the one thing that I didn't love, look, we talk about the turnovers, obviously those oh, yeah. you don't want to turn the ball over four times. The running back usage was a tad um, confusing to me. I loved – I thought Devin Singletary should have got the ball a little more. Eight carries for 48 yards. Um, for some reason, ESPN's not giving me the yards per carry. I don't know why they're doing. It. I think oh, now, they, now they are. Now they are six yards per carry. It was yeah. six yards per carry. I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't do that quick math in my head. But eight carries for forty-eight yards and six yards per carry. That's a good night. He probably should have got twelve carries, and that's probably what he should have got. Twelve, thirteen carries is probably max at fifteen. And I think that's fine for the Bills. They're never going to run him twenty, twenty-five times. It's just who the Bills are. And you have Josh Allen. You're taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. The problem is, and this could have been a factor of James Cook fumbling early on. This could have been a factor. So take that when you when we're talking about this, take that into consideration. Zach Moss had six carries for 15 yards, 2.5 yards per carry, not efficient. And one of them was an eight-yard run. So he had five carries for seven yards. And then six catches for 21 yards. That is 3.5 yards per catch. That is not a good night from Zach Moss. And they used him in a role where he doesn't fit. Like they used him out of position in the sense. I thought they gave the ball, they gave him too many carries when I thought Devin Singletary was hot. And I thought they should have gave it to Devin Singletary. And also Zach Moss had a fumble. But him getting six, I don't mind Zach Moss getting four or five carries a game if they're goal line carries. I my mind if they're taken away from midfield opportunities in their own end when I think Devin Singletary fits that mold a little better. This also could be, I don't know if you agree with this, but could be a fact that James Cook had one carry for two yards fumbled and then just yanked him. Oh, that's for sure what happened. I, I mean, absolutely. Any, like if I see Zach Moss get six catches for 21 yards that on Monday again, I'm going to be annoyed because that's where James Cook should fit in. Zach Moss should be where the goal line and James Cook should be the guy that gets seven, eight carries with, five, six catches. So I think, and if you, like, in game, I was not really thinking that. Like you're watching the game. You're excited. It's hard to analyze everything because you're just watching. You're not, you're not broadcasting. You're not, tw- you know what I mean? But after the game, like you think about it more, you're like, that had to have a direct effect. I think, right? The James Cook fumble? Had to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it that's. It better have. It better have, actually. I mean, I, I I will go as far as to say, I don't know how much we'll even see him, if at all, on Monday coming up here. You I remember when James Cook? They might play him. How much, if at all, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think he'll be out there. I don't know how much burn he's going to get. That's just based on what I've seen from McDermott. I always go back to Isaiah McKenzie fumbling the kickoff against the Indianapolis Colts. You would have thought he wasn't on the team the following several weeks after that. You screw up in a situation that's very avoidable, such as your first carry in the league. And I'll get, I got to cut slack where I can because – we know how good that, that he can be. Um, I have, yeah. I'm I have, not saying he's going to be a bum for the rest of his no, career. No, no, not brutal at all. luck. I mean, you know, first carry ever. It's, it's just a damn shame. Yeah, it's um, tough. But that's exactly why he was yanked. Uh, oh, yeah. So who knows how long he's in the doghouse for that. You did draft him in the second round, though, so maybe that 
you know, that goes a bit farther than what you would have done with Isaiah McKenzie in a similar situation. So I do get that. But at the end of the day, the ultimate concern for me out of that whole running back group was the fact that like you kind of were touching on there. You didn't really ride the hot hand. Devin Singletary was the clear hot hand. I think that what Ken Dorsey wanted was to replicate what we had been seeing throughout the off season was, you know, which was each running back when they got their chance, took full advantage of it. That isn't going to happen week in and week out, if at all. I mean, you know, the the offseason's a whole different animal. You know, everybody looked great in the offseason when it came to running the ball. Um, Devin Singletary, he seems to just be completely different as far as his movement, speed, ability to read the defense. He's come a long way. He looks terrific. I thought that he looked real good coming out at the end of the year last year, looked real good in preseason, and he really showed out uh, on Thursday night. I think that if you're going to continue to run the ball the way that they are, and they're really, they really are emphasizing it, a ton of running from Josh Allen, and then they try to get that three-headed monster going. There's no reason. The running backs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no reason to deny the hot hand. I understand, you know, like we're seeing down here from RC3, you want to manage the workload, of course. I mean, that's why most teams now, they almost always rotate two, D, uh, two running backs in constantly throughout the game. I totally get that. But when you see, you know, just anybody watching that game, coach or not, the difference in what they, you know, like it's, it's like a three-point shooter in the NBA. Some guys, some guys got it one night. Other nights, you're just completely ice cold. With Devin Singletary, anybody watching it, coach, not a coach, doesn't matter. You could just tell that he was on a different level that night compared to what Zach Moss was bringing. Ride it out, in my opinion. Like you said, do you have to go 15, 20? No, the Bills are never going to do that. He deserved double-digit carries that night for sure. And I think that the lesson learned was, hey, you had a great night. We didn't necessarily need you to run that much to get to the scoreboard, uh, you know, tally that we did. But coming this weekend, if if it gets down to a situation where we do need to run the ball, we need to look at Singletary. That's what I hope the outcome from this is. I also think – I, like you're talking about Monday night. I would love, I don't need to see James Cook get carries, but I would love to see his confidence get going, get a couple pass catches, get himself in space. That's what you and, drafted him for, really. And that's what Zach Moss, they did to Zach Moss. They got yes. him in space. Like if James Cook gets no carries this weekend, uh, weekend, I keep saying weekend, this Monday, this against the Titans on Monday night, but he has five, six catches for 40, 35 yards. I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. That's totally fine. And then he works and gets his confidence. The problem is if you bench him or put him in the doghouse, his confidence gets going down. So if McDermott's like, you know what? I trust this kid. This kid's super talented. We know what he can do. Run him out there. And I would love – I don't know if this happens. I know the Titans lost to the Giants, but they're still a solid team. I think we all got to pump the brakes and the Bills absolutely killing them. And it, it could happen. You never know. But if the Bills are up 31-10, 10 minutes left in the fourth, or whatever, 31-7, they're smoking. They're smoking the Titans. I would love to see James Cook get carries. Sure. Work his confidence get in. Get it. Uh, like, get I'd rather see him than Josh Allen running the ball late in the oh, fourth than he decided he, to do last week. He's also going to be important to this team, yeah. James Cook, because he, he gives you a dynamic weapon out of the backfield. They they clearly you are going to use the running back as a wide receiver weapon more than we thought. Or not more than we thought, more than we have used in years past. Because Zach Moss got six catches. Sure. And Devin Singleton got two catches for 14 yards. That's eight catches by the running back. It was just to the wrong people. That was the problem. It was because they benched James Cook, and they're like, you know what? 
We got to go with the guys that I can trust. Zach Moss obviously ended up fumbling in the fourth quarter anyway. So I know. I was just going to say, I mean, he, was, he wasn't like he was Mr. Reliable. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, lucky the game was over. The game was yeah. over at that point. It wasn't like we needed a score. We needed to run the clock. I was 31 10 with five and change or whatever, four yeah. and change. I just wanted to be a little greedy and get 38. That's what I, to do. I want to do. I want man. You know how that goes. Um, you can't put them both in the doghouse, though, right? Somebody's no. got to be out there. So I bet you they go 12, 13, 14 carries with Devin Singletary. I think they ride the hot hand. They try to mix James Cook, and I hope they mix James Cook in, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I really wouldn't. Like it's yeah. a it's a 50 50 game. But if James Cook, you see James Cook throw some flashes out of the passing game, they're going to go with it. They're going to be like, this just gives us another dynamic weapon, and he's going to be important to the team. So I don't, everybody like, Put him, he might be in McDermott's doghouse for a week or two, but this also could be a humbling thing for him. Motivation that you know what I fumbled on my first snap on national TV, there, right? You know, you, you can only really worse. Can't exactly. get worse. Dominic's coming in. Appreciate Dominic. Uh, another super chat. I guess you made a money, my man. Um, Zach Moss needs to be on the trading block. Look, I think the Bills tried trading Zach Moss this offseason. I don't think that I think the Bills actually did try shipping off um Zach Moss, or there was rumors too. But the Bills like him in a goal line situation. I think just James Cook fumbling kind of put Zach Moss in a, a spot where he wasn't really comfortable or where he shouldn't be. So if we see Zach Moss consistently play that role week in and week out, that's going to be a problem. But I don't expect that to be a thing every week once James Cook Cook gets his, uh, gets his uh, footing under him. But you never know. That's football. So appreciate it, Dominic. Appreciate it. another super chat, my man. Appreciate you tuning in every um, every Wednesday, Hayes is coming in. The bad for me is Josh Allen running too much. We need to improve our run game. I don't know if we need to improve our run game. We average 4.8 yards per carry, basically five yards per carry. That's solid. I'll take that week in and week out because it sets up second and five for the Bills mm-hmm. or third and five or whatever. It sets up why they were so efficient Thursday night. Yes. Josh Allen running the ball for 56 yards. He was efficient. The touchdown was awesome. That was not a design run. That was him making a play and making a touchdown. I, I expect that. The runs are driving me nuts. Me too. Like, they're good. Like, it's annoying because, like, they're not bad. Like, the Bills are good when Josh Allen runs the ball. It helps the offense. That's 5.6 yards per carry. That's awesome. But I'm holding my breath every time. Every I'm time. scared that some DBs or linebackers are going to flatten him. If he, sl- he doesn't slide. Well, it, he doesn't... He doesn't because he like. Did you watch on Sunday? I'm assuming you watch football on Sunday, but Justin Herbert against. Oh the, yeah, I got Herbert. absolutely destroyed on Twitter. I tweeted that out. It got it went all. It, it somehow got a hold of the the Chargers fans who, I mean, it was a joke. But my the point I had made, well, I know exactly. Way too early. It was a brutal slide. It was terrible. And he got hurt on the slide, or he got he hurt on the slide. Die. I mean, honest to God, he slid right into the defender and his his head almost came off. Yeah, that was a bad idea. I'd much rather have Allen in that situation simply because he wouldn't do that in a million years. And I yeah. got destroyed by Chargers fans for saying that. Oh, he's going to last longer than Allen. Not sliding like that he isn't. No, you're, no. Much, you're much safer running into the end zone and taking a form tackle Get than you head. are sliding your neck right into somebody's knee. You know That's what I mean? He wasn't putting concussion protocol. Exactly. Which doesn't exist in the NFL. But. <laughs> the Allen thing, it's such a, it's such a double-headed 
you know, d- double-edged sword because on one end, it, it's so dominant. No one can can really contain him. No one can oh, really – That's the problem. <laughs> so you want to utilize it. Do you need to utilize it to the tune of 10 carries when you won the game by three scores? That's where I have my concerns. They were continuing to run him pretty late in that game, and a yeah, lot of those runs were right up the middle into traffic. He's never going to just go down. He's always going to fight for the next yard, and I love that about him. Um, I just think that it needs to be utilized more rationally. I just think late in that game, it wasn't necessary. It's getting to the point now where he's becoming so good and he's becoming so open within the field that these guys want to hit him harder than they want to hit anybody else. And I don't think that's a secret. I mean, it's kind of like I played lacrosse my whole life. When the goalie came out of the net, you hit him way harder than you ever hit anybody else with the ball just because it's the guy that you never get to hit. The quarterback's similar, except Josh Allen's the goalie that would run you over if you tried to go after him. So, you know, guys are really gunning to tackle him like they would tackle a running back, a wide receiver, you name it. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, he he's an ox. I mean, he's a legitimate linebacker throwing the ball. So it's tough to to get mad at him when he when he just runs guys over, gets up and gets back there. But the more you can minimize it in situations that it's not necessary. I mean, look, if it comes down to a, to a game where nothing's working except Josh Allen running. Uh, yeah. Run him 20 times, man. If you have to, I mean, what are you going to do? It's, what, it's like the touchdown run. Like he exactly. needs third and five or whatever. It was third and goal. He needed to convert and he went yeah. for it. It's an aspect of his game. That's so good that you can't, you can't discontinue it. But what you can do is not is you can preserve it. options. Exactly. <laughs> I just felt there was three or four additional runs in that game that weren't necessary. And I think the less you, you, you use it in situations that it isn't needed, the more you can preserve them to use it when it is needed. There is no need for Josh Allen to get consistent run plays called. There's nothing like I agree with you, Josh Allen running when the play breaks down. When there's nobody Absolutely. That's like the best that's, part of his game. That's part of football. That, you're going to have to live with that. The consistent read options or whatever they call them, whatever you want to call them, there's probably a different terms for them, but read options is what I – It's pretty I, much I, what it was. I mean, he was, yeah. doing, he was doing the fake handoff yeah. off the gut like three, four times That's, late in the game. It's fine like if the play breaks down, but if the play doesn't break down, there shouldn't be consistent run plays. It, like, look, I get it. If the, if the Bills' offense is struggling, we got we got to spice it up a little. The offense, the passing offense is not working. Get Josh out in space for 25 yards, opens everything up. That's fine. But don't go back to it three more times. You know like, what's the scary thing about him in the, in the way he gets hit that concerns me the most? Nobody can tackle him above the waist. So everybody wraps up his legs. And what that does is it leaves, it leaves him just wide open to get popped on the second hit. Like if he gets into the middle and a, and a lineman gets low around his legs, he's like in quicksand. And the only option to go down is to get absolutely wrecked. And the problem is, yeah, he's indestructible when you hit him head on. But if you're wrapped up in the legs like that and you get nailed the opposite way with your leg already under wraps with a guy, that's where you could see something bad happening. And that's what concerns me because it's not the fact that he takes the hits. It's the it's the way he gets hit. And I just think that that eventually it's like it's like any rule of probability. Eventually, something, the more you do it, the more it's going to become a cause for concern. And we, we, we only reason we're not concerned about it at all is because we haven't had to be. Everybody knows though, the second we need to be is the second everybody's going to want him to stop running for good. I don't want that. I just like, if he got hurt and I know we keep talking like these hypotheticals, the reason we do though is because of the situations he puts himself in. But 
if he got hurt in a game like where he was running for that touchdown that he did against the Rams, yeah. what are you going to do? That's Josh Allen, That's and you wouldn't have it any other way. However, Pete, how would you feel if he got hurt in the fourth quarter running a read option up the middle for up two 20, yards right? up 20 points? See, that's what I'm saying. You, you would have we a would, completely different We would go team. on here and we would talk about that for an hour. Oh, my. I mean, you, I would, I would never talk about, never not talk about it again. I mean, if he got hurt to the point where it was, Season you know, sidelining him, oh my God, I would, you'd never but hear if the end of it. You missed one game, you would be like, you know what? That was one game would be too much. Exactly. Yes. But you'd be like, stupid, don't do that again. We're going to lose, whatever. But if he was out for a year in the Super Bowl team, like when he got injured, he missed a chunk of years. Fresh, uh, fresh. I was gonna say freshman year, but his rookie year. Like it sucked that he missed with an injury, but yeah, he was. You know what though, man? At the same time, part of me just says, you know what? I gotta just, I gotta just eliminate my own anxiety and sit back and just watch the guy because it's so you good. It's you like don't, you'll miss it, and you will in fifteen right, years right. when he's retired. Yeah, you're and right. We're stuck with. I got to stop worrying until I need to worry, right? I I shouldn't worry until he's down on the ground and I need to worry. You're right. Enjoy the ride. Exactly. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy. And I'm telling all Bills fans, if the season doesn't end in the Super Bowl, which we all wanted to, that's all our goal, you got to enjoy the ride because people that went through the drought, people that went through 70s, 80s, it's not always going to happen. Patriots fans are figuring that out real fast. That. Not, oh, it's not as easy. Look, you won a ton of Super Bowls. I was I was literally at Patriots practice today for my internship. I, oh, I was at a press conference with Mac Jones, and he it's just it's a different. I was in the locker room. I did an interview with Jacoby Myers. Like it's just they're they're excited, but it's a different feel around the Patriots because they're not as good. That the talent's not there. They don't have Tom Brady, and they're the same on the same level as like a Detroit Lions team, like maybe a little better, but like that maybe, maybe. quality of talent. The Lions offense looked better, a hell of a lot better. better than the Patriots offense. Oh my God. But I mean, they went toe to toe with the Eagles and uh, yeah. Oh my God. What the Patriots showed over the weekend was just, I mean, you, you'd have, you, you could make a great argument that yeah. they're the bottom four of the league right now. Easy. 100%. Especially talent wise. If oh yeah. Like, they're not gonna look. The Patriots are not gonna win two games. Like they're gonna be better than that. They're the Patriots and they have Bill Belichick. But talent wise, they're horrid. They're, they're horrid horrendous. Talent. And we're, you know what? The, I, I usually am in agreement with you there about the whole Belichick thing. But Belichick would also never lose 21, 20 to seven to a rookie head coach in his debut. I think the days of giving him, yeah, undue credit are over. I mean, the Steelers this weekend. I think. Or excuse me, not the Steelers. The uh, who do they got this week? Yeah, they got the Steelers, right? Yeah, they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just how are they going to score a point against that defense if they couldn't score against Miami? How are the Steelers going to score a point, point against? I, I don't know that game. That's is- one game I like. If you're watching Red Zone, because that's what I'm going to be doing because the Bills don't play. If you're watching Red Zone. That's one of the games that just doesn't show up on Red Zone. You're like, is this game going on? What the hell? Like, I mean, Pete. Dude, they're 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 zero and four. I put my life on it. Steelers, Ravens, Packers. I, I'll, I'll be at that Ravens game. I'll be at that Ravens game for my internship. So nice. I, I, well, I think you're gonna have a hell of a. It's gonna be a hell of an outing for you to watch Lamar put in. Oh, some I, I've never. Seen, I want to watch Lamar in person. That, oh, and I don't. And I don't have to yell at him not to do anything because he's not going against my team. He's yeah, the only time I got to see him in person was when they when they beat us at home. I think 2019, but it was okay. still. Yeah. It's a sight. The guy moves unlike anything I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Bobby Hall, he wants that contact. They're never going to let Allen slide. He absolutely loves the contact for some reason. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to this in about 30 seconds about King Henry. I'm just going through the comments to make sure. I'd be absolutely pissed at the coaching staff if that happened. I'm assuming you're talking about Zeba talking Josh Allen getting injured because of a stupid run play up certain amount of points. I agree. Um, 
we could talk about the Rams game. We could talk about everything for hours, but we don't have hours. So we're going to move to the Titans game. And next Monday is going to be even better because I'm good or next Wednesday. Cause I'm only two days removed. We're only two days removed from the game. So the, the Titans game will be a little more fresher in our head than about a week ago, but talking about the Titans game, we'll get to our game predictions at the end of the uh, end of the show. But Derek Henry's impact is the one of two storylines that you, I think you have to focus if you're evaluating this game. The other one is probably Jeffrey Simmons at the D tackle position. Those are probably the two guys. What do the Bills have to do to stop Derrick Henry's butt? Essentially, the complete opposite of what they did last year. I think it was a buck yes. 43, three touchdowns, a 76-yard long house call. Um, look, the Bills should have won that game last year if it weren't for a Josh Allen slip, and Derrick Henry still had a career day. If if we've learned anything in the short outing we had just a, a week ago against the, uh, the Rams, this defense is not the defense of last year. Derrick Henry is not going for a buck 43 touchdowns and a 76 yard long ball this coming weekend. I just don't see it. Um, I, I really truly think that this will be, we got a great test on Thursday, right? We got a, we got a great test against a great yeah. offense that just won a Super Bowl, but that was more of a passing attack offense. This coming Monday will be as good of a test as we'll get all year to find out if they check off that other box that we need this D line to check off and that's shutting down a dominant run game. Derrick Henry ran all over us. Jonathan Taylor ran all over us. This is a really big opportunity to check both those boxes very early on. If they do that, Pete, I just don't see at all how this Titans team can match up and compete with the bills. I mean, even last week against a defense in the giants, that isn't nearly as, as um, prolific as the bills are. They just struggled all day. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry got his yardage, but they didn't not capitalize at all. No, not efficient at all. I just don't see. I just don't see how it can come close to the stat line he put up last year. And like I said, they still should have won with him doing all that. Um, I don't think he comes close to that this year. And that, of course, takes away Ryan Tannehill's ability to run the play action, which they killed us with last year because they were too busy committing to Derrick Henry. So. I think it's the storyline, right? It's the storyline. Can the Bills avenge a very poor outing against Derrick Henry last year? And if they can, I mean, to me, that writes the whole script because I just don't see how else they could possibly compete with the Bills throughout the rest of the game if Derrick Henry doesn't have an all-time outing. Derrick Henry against the Giants, 21 carries, 82 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. In yeah, I, that's not a bad – That's a, if he did that styling against us, I'm fine I'll with that. I'll take that all night. Oh, yeah. The Bills are going to win sure. the game. If the Bills put the uh let me see the Rams, if the Bills put the Titans in third and longs or even third and seven, third and eights without the ability to run a play action, because you're not gonna run a play action if the run's not working, the Bills defense is gonna have a field day of Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is I think he's gotten some I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's been better than years past, but he's not an elite quarterback. He was twenty for thirty-three, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a solid outing but they lost and they scored 20 points. He also had a 65 QBR, but he didn't have 106 passer rating. So he wasn't bad, but he's not an elite quarterback that you should be overly fearful. And the fact that the leading receiver was Kyle Phillips, who was a day three pick doesn't scare me. Robert Woods, a catch for 13 yards, Traylon Burks, three catches for 55 yards. The Bills just went up against a better receiving court and a better quarterback. I mean, they should be fine. 
Ryan Tannehill's never winning a game by himself on his, on his own. Exactly. No, He's going to no. go as far as Derrick Henry sets that offense Which up for. Totally fine. If, yeah, that's the way to let Derrick Henry beat you. Yeah, and I just don't see how he does. I really don't. Um, and you know what? The other thing is too. It's like, okay, fine. Even if even if they do have an incredible outing somehow, and they find a way to get past this Bills D, the, the Giants picked them apart last week on the ground. Yeah, Saquon Barkley had a career day, which was awesome to see. By the way, glad to have him back and get to watch him again. Oh, but yeah. he went 100%. off, and I just, I, I mean, if the Giants can do that which it's like a cold day in hell when they deliver a game like they did last week as far as just being watchable, which they barely were to begin with until they got it in gear. But if the Giants could could get that all-purpose yards on the ground, Daniel Jones didn't look half bad. He led them to a victory. No. Even, if the, even if the Titans do show up on offense more than they did last week, they're still not going to be able to score enough to compete with the Bills' offense. I just don't see it. I agree. Um, as he's coming in, losing AJ Brown was a huge blow, and it wasn't even they watched him. They didn't want to pay him. That's on them. That's yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to go Burks instead and get the yeah. rookie contract, and... and that's on them. That's on them. They'll, they're re- sure. and look, Burks could be a very good receiver down the road, but we're talking about week two of the NFL season. I don't care what he does down the road because it might not affect the Bills. It affects the Bills what he does week two, and I like Trail Burks. Three catches, fifty five yards, is um, this is about as good as it got for that. It's not a bad stat one, but it's not going to beat us. It's not going to hurt us. Saquon Barkley averaged nine yards a carry against the Devin Singletary should have a field day. I agree. If you, if you minimize Jeffrey Simmons, because I don't think Bud Dupree's as good as he used to be, but I do think the loss of Harold Landry eliminates any type of pass rush they're going to have, which helps them. If you contain Jeffrey Simmons, who's a very good D tackle, but he's a very good D tackle, he's one of the best D tackles in the NFL. Nobody else on this defense really scares me. You're, talk, you're talking about Caleb Farley, who's a Virginia Tech guy. I'm a Virginia Tech guy, but he's still – he was injured most of the year. You're talking about Roger McCreary, who's a rookie, who I love, but he was a rookie. He's a rookie. Like, there's the secondary doesn't overly fear me. The linebacking core doesn't overly fear me. Kevin Bayard's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He might be the best safety in the NFL. But besides that, it doesn't really scare me. Outside of Bayard, maybe Zach Cunningham, but – and Jeffrey Simmons. Every team is going to have good NFL players. It's the NFL. But if you don't want Derrick Henry uh, eat you alive like he did last year or years past, you're going to be okay because the offense is good enough and the rest of the defense is good enough to win this game. That's It's it's a simple, simple thing. Um, John Perez is coming in. I know this is not talking about the Titans, but this could have factor into the Titans. We haven't solidified a slot between McKenzie and Crowder in order for – Josh Allen to thread those needles on the inside slant route, then one of them needs to be in the game more and not 50-50. I completely disagree. I completely disagree. I am not against Isaiah McKenzie. And we're, we'll put Shakir aside for right now because was, until they make him active, we don't know. We can't evaluate anything. But McKenzie and Crowder being a 50-50 split is not a bad thing. That is a great Is he thing. saying it's a bad thing? I can't quite tell. He says Josh Allen to thread those needles on the inside slant more route than one of them needs to be in the game more and not 50. Oh, I see. He doesn't oh, want yeah, a 50, I, 50 I, split. I agree with you. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see what's it wrong with that. It doesn't matter to me. No, I mean, it was Three fine last week, John, but nothing's wrong. But I, I having two, and it's not like you're having two slot receivers that are identical. Yeah. You're complete opposite slot receivers. Isaiah McKenzie is way more explosive can get in space better. Can do a lot more. James Crowder is 
can catch the ball, get that efficient first down, be that safety net. While Zane McKenzie's more of that big play explosive receiver, that just makes the defense makes it harder for the defense to game plan when you have two different slot receivers. I don't think Josh Allen has any problem with that. No, and I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, one touchdown last year, scores last week, and then like we talked about earlier, Jamison Crowder with a efficient day uh, that we would probably take week in and week out from him. So I am fine with it. I'll say, if anything, I want to see more Isaiah McKenzie um, than, than not. I mean, I, I think that the more they get him involved, the – the more dynamic this offense is. I mean, he had a terrific sideline grab last week, jumped up in the air to snag it, and then the touchdown. I think he, he, can, he can do and a he mix. he made up for the interception that he kind of forced. So he made Real up for that. Real tough play there, yeah. And he bounced back. He bounced back with a touchdown. That's how you bounce back. Yep, for sure. I love cool. I love his game. I love what he brings. And, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, totally appreciate the comment, John. And I, and I, I do get it because I think what John wants is probably just some more consistency. But I think what you do have here – is something that is more beneficial than the consistency. I don't think Josh really benefits anymore from having one solid guy out there because he's used to he's dealing fine. with different elements now. He's and not I a rookie think, anymore. Exactly. And I think that if you can utilize both guys to their strength, like they did last week, really, I mean, yeah. I'm all for it. If, he, if someone's open, he'll find them. Like it's, And yeah. I think it just helps offense and makes the defense harder. It, it makes the defensive coaches on the other side it, it hurts them to game plan. Like it's harder for them to game plan. Man, that took me forever to spit out. But it it's harder for them to game plan when you have multiple looks at the slot receiver position. For sure. So it's perfect like that. Um, Izzy's right. Titans settling for field goals. You you can't do that against the Bills. It's like the same thing when you say you play against the Chiefs. Exactly. Or when in college football, when you play against Alabama, like what Texas did in college football, you settle for field goals against great teams, you're going to lose. Yep. You set up for field goals against the Giants, who are an average team. You lose. What's the what's the, what do you do? Don't set up for field goals. Yeah. When you hey, look, if you're a forty-five yard field goal, that's not settling. But if you're first and goal from the eight yard line and you're kicking a field goal, that's settling. There's a difference. Don't settle for field goals if the Titans. And if you're the Bills, don't settle for field goals. What should I? They don't. I mean, at this point, they, don't. And they just keep, they keep go. your keep your foot on the pedal. Like the Bills' first half against the Rams kept the Rams in the game. No, I know it was brutal. Oh Which you can't God. do. You, it's one game this year. The Bills, it's gonna, you're going to lose a game because it's just the national football. Obviously, the Bills. I don't think the Bills are going undefeated. I'm not saying that, but you're going to lose a game because you kept the team in the game. You, yeah, that's exactly what they did on on Thursday. I mean, yeah. the Bills just came out firing in the second half. If the Bills go up and just start kicking, you know what, out of the Titans in the first half, the game's over. It, you can end the game. The Bills have that good of an offense and that good of a roster. Can, that can end the game at halftime. Well, yeah, because if you go up two touchdowns, you can't just continue to run Derrick Henry all no, game. You're going to no, run the that's also a factor. So that, yeah, that's also a factor. So I want to get into and Brian's coming in. Titans lost top two O line. Yeah, the Titans are a depleted offensive team from what they were. We, we, we've seen them in the last two years. They still have some solid defensive talent. Like as he's saying, Simmons is like we got we got to contain him with Donald. But Kevin Bayard's very good. They have some good players, and Mike Vrabel's a good coach. He's not a he's not a slouch back there. So Titans have a solid team, but they came off a bad loss against the Giants. It's also a huge game for the Titans. They don't want to start 0-2. Like you don't want to start 0-2. So, but before we get to our game predictions, without saying stopping Derrick Henry, because obviously that's the biggest X factor, and I just took it off the screen. But biggest X factor against the Titans in your mind, Ziba. Mm. Doesn't have to be something crazy. Like just putting you on the spot. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of something that 
Because I would say not turn over, turn the ball. Well, God, at least don't turn it over four times. I mean, don't please don't give the Titans extra possessions. What I'd like to see, I think, Pete, is especially after last week, is a complete game. I'm sick and tired of of watching domination lead to a tie at halftime, especially in a situation like where we were just talking about, where you can really put the death blow away early. Yeah, they could have done that last week. I think that has a lot to do with those turnovers like you were talking about. But I just think that if they can put together a game plan kind of predicated around what they did that first drive against the Rams, which I absolutely loved. And I hope we, we see more of that. It was a lot of immediate out of the hands throws from Josh Allen. I mean, he was getting that ball off instantly and there, and it was nothing too, um, nothing too erratic, nothing too dynamic really either. They, he just took what they gave him all the way until they got into the end zone. I would love to see that um, because I think that that is the best way to go about your offense this year. There's no need to try and force anything down the field or force running Zach Moss if it's not necessary. Take what they give you. I thought that first drive was gorgeous in that way. Josh Allen just took what they gave him. I mean, nothing was really more than eight yards down the field. Next thing you know, they were in the end zone. It's efficient, and I think it gets everybody involved, and it ultimately winds up in points. And not for nothing, it also runs the clock down, too. And the less clock that the Titans have to work with, the less they're going to be able to run the ball. Um, so I would just like to see a complete game where they kind of stick to their guns and write out what works the entire night. Making the Titans a passing offense is a huge X factor. I, look, I know, stopping Derek Henry, I don't say that, but making the um, – Titans, a legit passing offense where they're down early. They're down 14 nothing, 17 nothing, 10 nothing, whatever. And if they, they're like, if we just run the ball here and we don't want really to do our game, we're going to, the clock, we're just going to run out of time. Right. Because when we give the ball back to the Bills, we're in trouble. But that helps the Bills if Derrick Henry doesn't run the ball. Because I think that's the hardest thing to stop. And I agree with Walters coming in. Derrick Henry gets the headlines. I agree. But AJ Brown has killed us the last two years. AJ Brown's been very good. Not having AJ Brown makes the Titans passing offense. That much worse. Yes. Because Traylon Burks is not there yet as a receiver. Robert Woods is not the same Robert Woods. And Kyle Phillips was the best receiver for the Titans. And he's um, a rookie, a day three pick out of UCLA. And I like Kyle Phillips. But I just, he's a rookie. He's a day three rookie. Um, It's like if Khalil Shakir beat you, if he was your best receiver against you. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. And another X factor is, and something I know it's Wednesday, so we have a little more time to monitor this. And they, the Bills did not put an injury report out today, but Tim Settle and Ed Oliver both did not practice today. That is something we have to monitor. Um, I do think they both play. I don't know. I, I, I a lot of I'm reading a lot that pe- people think they're going to play. I just because they're taking a day off because the Bills have an extra day, they had extra rest. They're trying to give these guys rest. But they did sign Prince uh, Amile, yep. the practice squad, uh, or to the practice squad, which makes me feel like the Bills might need an extra D tackle or might have to call someone up. I would say that would probably be mean activating Shaq Lawson. Not a D tackle, but is a very good run defender. That also could mean bringing Brandon Bryant up for the practice squad. I think we see Shaq Lawson activated this week. And I also think we see Khalil Shakir activated as well. Really? At least I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I I really think that, in my opinion, I'd much rather have him activated than activating 
five running backs and five linebackers like they did last week. I think Shaq Lawson's probably a given just based on. He has to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Ed Oliver will play. Talked to the thigh doctor last night over on the Fanatics. What does he think? He thinks he plays for sure. He thinks that the sprain that he suffered, um, he said, you can go over to the Fanatic. You can actually go over to my Twitter right now if you'd like. It's right on my uh, page there when we're done here, rather. Um, I retweeted it. It's the segment in which Thigh Doc talks oh, about oh, it. Oh, I saw a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, so what he had to say is there's two ways to sprain your ankle, one going outward, one going inward. The way that Oliver did it, is the less lesser degree sprain and he said that it you know it can easily go one or two ways um and luckily for uh him and, the, and us as fans it went in the direction that is less um that is less egregious uh, yes, for lack yes. of a better word so in his opinion he almost guaranteed Ed Oliver would play Monday but he did feel that it will be more more rotational based, but I also think that's just due to the fact that they can do that. Just Tim Settle play on exactly Monday so because he's a better run defender in my opinion than Ed Oliver. You're right, you're right, and I, I also think that McDermott is not shy in in customizing his roster to be different week in and week out. We've no. seen that. Shaq, that's why Shaq Lawson. I think Shaq Lawson plays this week, even if Tim Settle and Ed Oliver had no injuries. I also think the reason Khalil Shakir might get a get a spot in there as well is because. The slot situation last week wasn't bad, but I think early on you had McKenzie give away that interception. That was a bad one, yeah. Yeah, I just think that there might be I, I don't I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know why you would continue to scratch him week after week with as good as he looked in the preseason. I would like to see him get some time, and I just don't see why. Out of all the all the, out of all the additional roster spots that they activated last week that weren't utilized, why he couldn't be one of them to get get in the rotation? Yeah, I agree. I think Shakir could be, and it's also a week to week thing with this roster. I agree. I think McDermott's going to yeah, be like, know. we have so many good players on this team that we can customize based off game plan. Shaq Lawson's the perfect example. He's going to have to. He's a good run defender on the edge, so I think the Bills would want him activated because Eric Henry and the Rams – not the Rams. The Titans are very good rushing offense. Um, yeah. Izzy's right. So McDermott is always – you, you mentioned that earlier with James Cook. Yeah, he does. It's not, they play James Cook, just messed up. She, and if Basham wasn't always active last year, I think Basham, Evidence, and Russo are fine now. But, yeah, maybe um, – He'll play it, but your yes. leash is short. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's Shakir why it would be another option. Do they want to not exactly. activate like Jake Kumro? They're gonna activate Jake Kumro. They're gonna because it's special teams. But how many linebackers? I agree. Do we need? Not as many as they activated last week. No. And you know the the running back room has separated itself. I think to an extent. Not that it already had, and I think we already knew what the depth chart lineup was going to be uh, going into it. I don't know if you have to activate the full five running back list going into uh, each week. I just think that if you have an additional wide receiver, you at the running back position, because Alex is coming because you have, you have obviously Singletary Moss cook, Reggie Gillum, who classifies under that situation. Yeah. And he also got banged up last week. So you wonder Taiwan Jones, who they love special teams wise. That's do, the they, thing. do they sit Taiwan Jones? I don't think they're gonna, is it Zach? It might be. This might be James Cook not playing Monday night. It could. See, that would. It would not shock me if James. I Cook think they like what Reggie Gillum gives them. I think they really do because they don't want to. It doesn't make them ask their running backs to do a lot of blocking. Agreed. Reggie and Gillum, and, and, and yes. Reggie Gillum's he 
if they don't activate Quentin Morris, I think Reggie Gillum's a better pass catcher than Tommy Sweeney. And that's why they kept him around <laughs> to fill in that spot. And I think it's also kind of why they let go O.J. Howard and kept Ooh. Reggie Gilliam, which how about O.J. Howard scoring two touchdowns last weekend, which was just wild. Do they activate one tight end and have Reggie Gillum as the second tight end? That's always been – that could be an option. Do they not activate Sweeney and Morris? I'm throwing stuff out there. I'm not saying that's going to happen. The thing is, you you have all these combinations, and that's why I think – like last week, if you're like me, were you not stunned to see Shakir Shakir on the scratch? Oh, oh my God. I was was taken back about Shaq Lawson, too. I thought he would have been on there. Um, But I guess it's just – it's classic McDermott. I mean, it really is – uh, a roll of dice. Yeah. Yeah. It, hey, if it works, man, I don't care. I really I, don't. Like, the thing is, if I was like, oh, maybe the Bills should keep Singletary and Cook because I'm not a big fan of Moss. That's not going to happen. There's no way they don't activate Zach Moss after what they really didn't play James Cook after the fumble. So, like, I don't think they're just going to be like, you know what, James Cook, right away. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're sitting Zach Moss. I don't think that's happening. If there's a running back that they sit, it's probably James Cook. And Bills fans are going to have the same reaction. They did have in Shakir on the inactive list as James Cook being inactive. Maybe a little less because he fumbled, but it will be stun me. It was honestly the first thing I thought Ready? of when he fumbled. Every week, Zbot, there's gonna be some guy, some player, one, maybe could be two. Last week was two on the inactive list that you're gonna be like, "Wow, he's inactive." Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to read that twice. Usually, you don't have to read it. Tommy Doyle's inactive, or someone's inactive, right? You're like, oh. Okay, he's inactive. I expected it. You're, you're going to have to, every week, I feel like you're going to have to read the inactive list twice. You're going to be like, and somebody's going to be tweeting about it. There's going to be tweets about the inactive list every week. Not okay. tweets saying, oh, who's inactive, who's not inactive. You know what, though? We found out the inactive list when we were doing our pregame show last week yeah. live. And, yeah, we talked about it for a bit, but then I came to the conclusion. I go, dude, you know what? By the time that ball kicks, no one's going to give no. two rips no. as to who's on there game. and who isn't. Exactly. So those were efficient passing the game. That's why I never get too caught up in it. Whatever. Go with what you what you want, and if it works, you got me sold. If you were going to have to place a bet on someone that was inactive, last mm-hmm. week that's inactive, it's going to be Shaq Lawson. It's going to be Shaq yeah, Lawson. I absolutely I agree. It's that simple. Maybe Shakir, but Shaq Lawson's going to be inactive. It's just set up for him to be activated. With that even, Oliver's injury, it's there. Even with – I think he's active anyway. Even at Oliver and Tim Sutter were 100%. I like to think, and I think that your strategy, as far as him being more effective on the run on the on the run line, makes sense. And I just don't see why you'd keep him around to, to scratch him twice no. against two good offenses. So no, you don't. You don't. You keep him. He's gonna be active. We're gonna end the show. See about how we're gonna do every week. And appreciate you guys joining. We'll be back next Wednesday, and only two days after the Bills Monday night game against the Tennessee Titans. So everything will be fresh in our in my head. We can break it down as well as recap or pre, not re, recap the Titans game, but preview the Miami Dolphins game. What is your score prediction? Last week, me and Ryan Talbot each had the Bills winning by three. I think I had him 27-24. He had 31-28. I might have messed up the scores there. Mm-hmm. We had the high 20s, Bills winning by three. What is your score predictions? And I also want to hear people's comments in the prediction in the uh, uh, people's predictions in the comment section. I was right with you and Ryan last week. I, I had 28-26. I thought that spread was a little much, which is hilarious in hindsight. At the fact, yeah. two and a half was too much to me. And and, and they, we had to listen to Nick Wright talk about it all week. How this, the freaking Oh, my God. I'm so – I used to care what he thought back when the Bills were kind of fringe good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They were good, but they weren't this. Now that they're oh, this, I don't. Oh, you're just an I, idiot. I'm going to get on a tangent, and I'm running over time, but who cares? It's 
I can do it's the show. We can have fun. Him saying Mahomes was the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL is absurd. I mean, I, I always I always He's try absurd. to He's like us, though, with the Chiefs, so I kind of cut him some slack. I got to give him credit, though. He has come around a lot as far as giving the Bills props, but he knows what gets the clicks, and it's still riling us up. That's why I think it was yesterday he had Josh Allen in his in his Tier 3 or the Bills in his Tier 3 list. It's like, dude, you know what? Whatever. If you watch and, the games, you, you, you can yeah. tell who's good, who's above the rest. And I think and right now it's Bills Chiefs Chargers. He has Chris Broussard on his show, who's an NBA guy, talking about the NFL and making Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, Chris Broussard thought the Bills <laughs> lost to the Titans last year because Taylor Lewan was hurt for the Bills. That was what Chris Broussard had. They were missing their best left tackle, Taylor Lewan. I get it. Those guys are on TV all day. Sometimes they just – I think they're just saying it to say their job, it. Their job's not that hard. They have people doing it for them. You'd th- well, you'd think if, if they did, they'd have uh, the accurate roster. But, hey, I've made a mistake or two in my day. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, but – but, yeah, but, but I, I would never say terrible one playing like for the bills. Like I'm, I'm not, never going to say that. I think it was just the way he did it where he was like, that was the big factor. And it was like, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? He, he um, went back and it was like, Oh, shit. I know. But what yeah, do you so, got for game predictions? Yeah. So I'm not going to, I said, t- I told myself the other day when I was doing this with Rev on my show, I said, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm done. I am done. Not yeah. allowing myself to, um, believe the Bills can throttle teams. Like last week, I, I I felt in my gut the Bills were just the better team than the Rams. But based on the Vegas line, which always gets in my head, based on you know being on the road and the Super Bowl thing, and, and not for nothing else, but I also thought the pressure was definitely palpable. I mean, the Bills have been put on a pedestal this offseason. I thought that might have had a factor, uh, you know, in the game. Yeah, not at all. I'm done believing it. I look at this game right here. I don't see how the Titans stack up. They barely beat the Bills last year with Henry having an all-time night. This defense is leaps and bounds better, which is saying something because they were the number one overall defense a season ago. This D-line is extraordinary, and I don't see Henry coming close to what he did last year. I think that that depletes the whole offensive game plan for the Titans. And then I couple that with the fact that Daniel Jones had 115 QBR against the Titans last week. Very efficient. He even ran the ball decent. And then Saquon Barkley absolutely went off Barry Sanders style. Imagine what the Bills can do against this team. I got 38-17 Monday Mm. night. I I just don't see how the Titans stack up. And like I said, Pete, I'm done. Like There's games that I would look at. Like the Chiefs, I would never say that. Um, the the Bengals, uh, even though they had a rough Ravens, week last week, Ravens exactly great defense and they always play us well. I understand the Titans do too, but what they do to beat us is not necessarily going to work against this defense. No. I think and this it's time not around, as good as they used to be at that. Right, and you also got to factor in, and this stuff matters. Home opener after that win under the lights, you loud. know, it, it's going to be a sight. Be so loud. that's what I got, Pete. I got another. And the other thing, too, which is crazy, if that happens, if they cover the spread, which they're right now 10-point favorites, this will be the 14th straight victory for the Bills where they've won by 10 or more points. When they win, they win. They're Mike so, Tyson. Exactly. That's what Coward always says. Yeah, yeah so, Coward. Yeah. Mike and Tyson I, I tend to agree with Yeah. They, they can't jab, and they proved it because, you know, 0-6 last year in one yeah. score games. That's the biggest thing this year. I wonder what I want to get into now, but when the Bills win a close game, then you know they're like, it's, it's crucial. It's then crucial. They're then they're there. Then, then, then they're the best team to win, 
Super, the Bills Absolutely. Close game. But hey, don't even let it get to that point. And that's, I, I don't know. see it this weekend. I just don't. I got the Bills 31. I got the Titans 17. I think I like the 17. I think the Titans score somewhere in the teens. But I think the Bills score 31. I just think 30 just seems to be guaranteed anymore, Pete, right? I mean, that's just a way. Yeah. It yeah. I think, th- I think I'm not getting there. I think it's 31 10, late touchdown by the Titans. I think the Bills take the foot off the gas a little. Win 31-17 and win by 14, cover the spread if you guys are gambling, not promoting gambling, but if you're a gambler. Um, 31-17, Z-Bot is 38-17. Before we get out of here, let's look at some of the comments. Izzy is 38-16. to We're on par. Walter agrees with me with 31-17. Jason has had 27-20 last week. This week, 30 to 14. Oh, I see him. That's not bad. That's not bad. Double it up a little. All right. So everybody's on the double digit. Alex, 31 20. Betters love that. And Epic B has the Titans getting negative three. <sighs> negative I'm three. Negative three. That's, hey, that's something. So if anybody could find a way to pull it off, it's that D line. I'll tell well, you what. Ryan also thanks for winning. Every game, which I think we could win every game, but it's that NFL. So does so does Pierre. It's hilarious. It doesn't we could we could we could have the 08 roster out there. He'd think that I love that. I I I can't get there. No, I, I gotta tell you, it, it's dangerous. What this? You want to hear something? You're gonna. So I have another podcast I do with my friends, and we do, uh, my friend, and we do uh, weekly picks like on our Twitter account, Instagram mm-hmm. account. We just pick every game, just no spread. Whoever wins, we think, yeah, yeah. I picked the Rams to win last week. Mm. I just had that feeling. I've been there. I get it. Yeah. And my friend who I do with, who's a diehard Jets fan I grew up with, he picked the Bills to win. It was just a weird, weird thing because he hates the Bills. Yeah. And I love the Bills. And I was like, you know, let's not be, I'm picking the Bills this week. The picks come out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I get those gut feelings all the time. Like last week, everybody's said that feeling. Everybody's riding on the Packers still. I go, wait a minute. This isn't even close to the I same. I think the Vikings. I think the Vikings win the division. I had the Vikings heavy in that game, and they Vikings kicked their ass. The division. Um, I do totally my podcast. Agree. I picked the Vikings win the division. We Me too. So, totally agree. Daniel's coming in. Bills win 38-17. to 17. Let's all hope that the Bills get a dub, and then Wednesday night, mm. next Wednesday, I'll be breaking down um, the Bills game. Bills victory. What, Ziba, what are you doing for Monday night, man? Ooh, that is what, a great question. What do you, you do? Because shows people- Monday night, but – we got a little something. You got something in the store? over that, So, uh, which would be the game. I have every intention about being at the game come Monday oh. night. I, so everybody always thinks I have seasons. I don't. What I do is I like to, I like to roll the dice, play my cards. I usually wait till last minute to get tickets because I don't what, like what to use. What app I'm, I'm a Vivid Seats guy. Vivid Seats. I always find the best stuff on there uh, from my personal experience. You know what I found right lately? Um, game time. Game, game time. time. I see that advertised. If you bought, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to go to the Steelers game. It's so Whose tickets are up there right now. I mean, they all are though. Other than like yeah. the Jets and uh, you know Dolphins games. What happens when you're good? Well, we have a lot of passionate fan bases making their way here this year. We got the Packers. We got Steelers. Um, Steelers. Yep. So you know those. That's what raises the prices. These out of towners will pay it. But right now, I'm taking a look um, because last year I was getting tickets for like. Man, 50 bucks a piece for some games. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, the cheapest Titans ticket is 218. And that's been like that for is days. That, it's probably before fees, too. Oh, you better believe it. I mean, that'll touch 300. Can we, get, so, can we ban fees? Can that be like a nationwide? I know. Uh, I'd rather than them just be. Not getting into politics, but Joe Biden, if you want to ban uh, fees, that would be. I know. It feels illegal, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. It's so illegal. <laughs> but, well, it's not, uh, actually not illegal, but it feels, I agree. Like it's. In the sports world, it's illegal. It should be illegal. I just, I, 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 I hate it. 
feast. It's kind of like when you're buying something online and then you get to the cart and the shipping's nine ninety nine. You're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need it as much as I thought I did. You no, know, like, yeah, the ticket's like one hundred and fifty or something. Like, you know what? I'm okay with that. And you come back, the final price two ten. You're like, yeah, forget what? it. What? Forget like it. Half the freaking like no. That's why I'm. I think I think that's ninety percent of the reason why Amazon dominates the world is because everything has free shipping. In my mind, yeah, it's much more enticing. Even if the price isn't even isn't even different, it's a mess. You, you know what? They're 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 for us. They're, they like the customer. Of course they, they do. Be, you know what? It's, it could be Amazon, Jeff Bezos. They're for the people. Everybody knows <laughs> that. They're salt of the earth people. Right? Even their even their employees. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, Brian's gonna be at the game if you're oh, around. Yeah. O'Neal's or Prohibition. Hit, hit him up. Two good choices. I. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming he'll have some alcohol beverages. Um. Well, the, you. you know the problem with these night games, man, is you know those lots open up early. You know, you also got work the next day, so you got to get up. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, but I'm still gonna be. I mean, it's the home opener, man. There's no, there's no breaks there. I just my my big thing right now is gonna come down to what are these tickets gonna drop to? Because I gotta tell you, man, they're not dropping. They might not drop. I'm going Facebook. And the see only somebody- reason I think they, well, dude, I did the other day. I, I went on Twitter and asked if anybody had any extras. Cause I figured if anybody would, it'd be, you know, face, Facebook big about that. Just don't get scammed. There's some people that oh, no. I was trying to buy some Steelers tickets. Right. Didn't send any money, but this dude, like, just like, just like, he's like, yeah, I got tickets. I was like, Oh, cool. And I'm like, and his, the messages he was sending me, I was like, what the yeah, heck? Very, very eager. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, some guy hit me up the other day and, and I'm sure he was being legit and like, I, I get it, but he, uh, I needed three tickets and it was like, he wanted like 1500 for the three. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that, man. Like I, I get it. It might be worth it. And they probably were, they were lower bowl. Dude. I'm 15. I'm I don't even, and I don't know. I don't know what you're fine. I'm obviously not no idea what your financial situation is. And, dude, and I, I'm I not dropping, if I was, I'm just, that's a principal thing to me. I'm, I'm not, not dropping $1,500 unless it's a, it's a, it's a, it, Oh, without question. AFC championship game. Yeah, I'll drop 15. I don't have $1,500. I'm a 21-year-old college student, so I don't got $1,500. Dude, to me, man. Unless I want my parents to come screaming at me, then then I'll put $1,500. To me, though, like $1,500, even if I'm like made of cash, I know what those tickets really are. They're not $1,500 tickets. That's the thing. Like, And this is the tough part about the Bills becoming good is these new realities. Like a game like this – you know, even like two, three years ago, it would have been like 70 bucks. Why? Just wait till the new stadium comes around. Oh my God. I went to my first ever, I've been to one Bills game. I've been to two Bills games in my life. I went to one at MetLife against the Jets. I'm not from mm. Buffalo. I'm from Western right, right. New York. So I'm six hours and I go to school in Rhode Island. So I'm nowhere near Buffalo. Right. And I can drive 20 minutes. Um, But in 2019, I was a senior in high school. I took an Amtrak, met my friend who went to Cornell. I went to one Bills game. We sat second deck, solid seats. That's what I like. Tickets. That's my favorite. $50 tickets. Yeah. And that was including, and maybe the fees brought it up to 60, whatever. Yeah. I was like, okay. Well, MetLife tickets are dirt cheap right now. Oh I was just looking God. the other day. They're like 29 my, I was young. I, the, the first Bills game I ever went to, remember the Sammy Watkins one when he pointed? At yes. The, I was at that game. Um, I was young. So me and my dad got seats and we got, we got club seats. Oh yeah. And I have the seats and they were like $65 each. Uh, look, $65 is a lot of money for some people. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, but if you're sitting in club seats where if we walked behind, the food was free, and I was just eating. I was young. I was like 12 or 13. I was eating mm-hmm. chicken. Yeah. I was eating. And was, you had to pay for Maybe we had to pay for them. I just don't remember. But it was club seats. It was like a free buffet and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been up there. It's amazing. And it was like $65 a ticket. I was like, holy. It was second deck. The game was awesome. It was like, yeah. It, like, yeah. 
Bills at Jets right now, 63 bucks. So is that the cheapest ticket? Yeah, 63 I bucks. I bet you if you wait to the last minute, that's oh, $25. $30. Easily. The only problem is though, MetLife, it costs 100 bucks to park. That's the problem. Yeah. Also, the problem with MetLife, it's not like it's in Arizona. Like there's Bills fans in that area. So it that, is the worst tailgate of all time. I hate it there. But that's what keeps the price up a little. And that's oh, well, yeah, of course. Where it is is everything. If, if, if the Jets were in Arizona, it wouldn't because the Bills are not well, if the Jets, yeah, you know, but the, it's the same thing we experienced with the Bills for so long. Like, the, like a $63 ticket really is like 25 bucks. You're just outside of Manhattan. That's the problem. You're paying that. Yeah. Um, but hey, I guess this is the price we pay for getting what we've always wanted, right? We can't have everything. Yeah. And this is what happens when we go on a tangent. So I'm going to get a nice text from Dave Myers, the boss that I went over seven. Tell Dave it's my fault. He knows. He's not gonna not too much He'll be happy. He'll be happy that we got good content coming out, but you can see the viewers drop a half people are like, you know what? This guy's we've been talking too long. Um, that's how you know what happens. Um, Z-Bot, before we get out, where can everyone find you on Twitter? I know it's right there, but. Yes, I'm going to get it right. This oh, I got it wrong again, bro. I told you I can never get that right. At Zach B22. Go follow me on Twitter. Actually doing a cool giveaway right now uh, Ooh, over on Twitter. Is, is it the sock one? It's the socks. It's, it's, this guy hit me up today. Super cool okay. dude. And he's like, hey, man. Um, anyway, long story short, he makes um, socks that are like replicate replicate they replicate the uh all the team's uniforms like the ones that they actually wear they're super cool giving oh, away three pairs sure. of those right now so head over to twitter hit me with a follow are they expensive to buy like in general if you want no, to he's, buy? he's selling them for 15 bucks if you don't want to get on the giveaway i also have a 20 percent promo code over there too you can use which is cool yeah. so go check that out, we'll check um, out. yeah hey. so at zach b22 and then mondays at the buffalo fanatics youtube channel is uh where you'll find me except for this monday because we're gonna be watching a w you're not uh, doing it yeah Obviously, we'll be watching a W. But yeah. guys, everything built in Buffalo. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I forgot what Dave texted me today. Facebook even either hit fifty-five or fifty-six thousand followers on Love Facebook, it. which is awesome. YouTube, yeah, Bill's Facebook's wild, man. Yeah. It, YouTube, we're still we're still battling YouTube. We're, we're we're contemplating some stuff on YouTube. Big things coming there. Twitter's awesome. Instagram's awesome. Built in Buffalo News.com, basically daily articles. Also, I write for them not as much during in school season because I have a ton of crap i'm doing but every week we post um basically our every writer's game prediction a little blurb and their game prediction on one um one article so check that out from last week and check out for the titans game to see all our picks i bet you it's gonna be unanimous but all our picks and what we think of the game obviously shout out to our uh sponsor picasso's for the best pizza in buffalo it's got to be picasso's every night is pizza night so shout out to them Mm. we'll be back next week Hopefully recapping a dub and then getting you guys ready for Dolphins week. And if the Bills are coming off a win, a win against the Titans, Bills Twitter is going to be insufferable. And the Titans, and the Dolphins, Dolphins apparently want us. They so, want us. So that's what I'm saying. That. If they, especially if they come off a loss to the Ravens, which they will, win against the, I think they will too. They come off a win against the Titans and the Bills dominate. We're going to be insufferable because they're going to go. The Bills are going to go into Miami and whoop them. That's what's going to happen. If the Bills are riding high and just confidence, Bills fans are going to be like, oh, and Bills fans travel to Miami. They'll, they sure they'll do. be down there. They'll be down there. So, guys, see you guys next Wednesday. Breaking tables tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. As always.